pumped with hormones, pumped with copious amounts of unsolicited advice, information, and pumping our tired titties like cows. Pumped is a podcast that explores the fourth trimester and life thereafter, sharing every warrior woman's journey from the hurdles of feeding to poop and pointy questions. Join us for this wild ride of bleeding bums, burning nipples, and leaky bladders. Hold on to your maxi pads, ladies. Evolve with us. Let's share it all. This episode is brought to you by Night and Day Comfort, the leakage experts. Leak-proof period and postpartum undies to bedwetting and toilet training solutions and everything else. 100% Aussie-made, family-owned and proud sponsors of the Pumped podcast. Use the code PUMPED10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Before we begin, we acknowledge the traditional custodians and owners of the land, bodies and airways we are recording from, you and country. In this episode, Pumped is also edited on Darawal land. We want to preface this episode as it covers um, premature babies, so we want to flag this for any women who have experienced this. It may be helpful, it may be triggering, but ultimately this episode is going to be inspiring and uplifting. So, hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm not hello. used to like have being recorded whilst doing the recording. <laughs> I know. But looking very serious. Very but. serious. So we're all. This is our first live Zoom video recording. So welcome yeah. to looking at our faces, putting the <laughs> the the sound, the names to the faces. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thanks for and joining as, us. Thank you. And before we introduce our fabulous guest, we're going to do our quick pump up and pump down. So I'll go first. Okay. Go for it. All right. My pump up is, um, uh, for the week I'm currently on the South coast. And although it is heavily raining, I got to see all of my friends, which has been something that has been so nice to see all of my besties. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And meet their babies. And it's been, it's pretty wild having like everyone on different <laughs> sleeping patterns and everyone trying nap to... schedules. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize how challenging it is until you travel with a child and try oh, and no. try and do things and all catch up for lunches and dinners and stuff when everyone has different routines. But ultimately it's just nice to see everyone. So that's my yeah. pump up for the week. And my pump down is still that I'm yet to see my family mm. and I've had yeah. some really dark days with that um but we won't go into yeah. that <laughs> oh, I hope you can see them soon yeah um my pump up and pump down they're gonna just be so trivial pump up Zali only woke up once last night I'm freaking stoked That's a win. <laughs> still so hard it's a win for me yes and um because we had a period of like five to six times a night recently um so one time amazing still can't get it to stay in a cot all night but whatever to me that's a win pump down I'm writing reports at oh, work <laughs> that is I don't miss that I do not no. miss and it's so hard because I feel like some of these classes because I was on maternity leave and then they had remote learning and I wasn't part of that I feel like some of them I'm only just getting to know and I'm supposed to write a report for you know the last three months of their schooling so I'm feeling a, a little bit guilty about it but I'm trying to be super nice you know benefit of the doubt mm. for this terrible um year that they've had at school always start anyway, with the positive and then just start right. yeah that's right I'll be nice I'll play the nice one <laughs> anyway that's all but today 
Exciting times. We have Jessica Moore. She's a powerhouse. She's currently the head of strategy, SAP Success Factors at ANZ, and a qualified Gallup coach. She's a highly motivated people professional with a range of experience across leadership, people technology projects, and risk management roles. Prior to SAP, Jess also worked for Maryvale as head of people systems for many years, lapping up all the Maryvale perks, how good, dinner or drinks at all the venues, was a fave pastime of hers and her girlfriends. That sounds fantastic. And Jess has recently relocated to the South Coast with her and her husband who have started a horticulture-led plant nursery called Plant Culture. Awesome. Very, very busy, yes. Very busy. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> worth checking out on the way through Milton. I went yesterday and it's a beautiful shop and Nick is um, such a character and always keen for a chat, even though he says he doesn't like people, he loves people. <laughs> I just Didn't I just meet him like two seconds ago? <laughs> and I was like, hello, hello. Not shy. <laughs> no, he's not shy. No. Jess, Jess is also a mama to the beautiful, he's seriously the cutest baby. We walked through the street with him yesterday and there were all these mums going, oh, my God, look at oh. him, look at him. Um, so to baby boy Franco, who's he had quite a wild start to life, but we'll let Jessie speak to that. And she's beauty and she's grace. She's Miss Jessica Moore. Always we call her like she's a celebrity by her full name. So welcome. <laughs> welcome, Jessica. Oh, thanks for having me, girls. Yeah, great to be here virtually and in a separate room as well, <laughs> physically and virtually together. <laughs> we're here together, but we're in separate rooms. Yes, it's very, very weird. Not I've me, also I'm got my um, French bulldog Basil here too, so hopefully he doesn't create a bit of havoc. But that's he, okay. We like spe- we like little extra guests on our podcast. They're always welcome. Yeah, he's here. He's <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Um, all right, to kick things off. So we know that you're now just over a year into your mum's journey. So how's life going as a mum? Is it what you expected? Just tell us a little bit about how everything's going. Yeah, cool. Yeah, look, I um, look. I think Nick's the one that's a bit more, you know, emotional and can imagine. He, he always talks about, you know, I, Franco's exactly what I imagined him to be like and look like. And I'm like, far out. I'm like, how do you, how do you even have that level of imagination? But <laughs> I, I um, yeah, look, I always found it difficult to imagine what um, being a parent would be like and how I would react. And I didn't kind of put myself in the bag of not being very maternal. But um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. To just the level of connection that you have with another little person and how different it is to when, you know, it's your own baby. Um, And I look at him sometimes, I'm like, wow, like (laughs) as a human, it's so much responsibility. So um, I think it's just more for me, it's, um, it's, it really does go so quickly and it has been a real joy. And, and I still, think about, you know, their commitment to work and, and, you know, being a working mum, but so comfortable equally just having time with him and yeah, just overwhelming sense of commitment. I think I find just yeah. being like what parent, parenting's been like for me. And um, yeah, just seeing his little personality start to come to life. is pretty cool. Mm. So nice. Mm. And do you have, um, we always start with this. It's one of our openers do you have a a classic mum story that you can share with us something funny or that will give our audience a bit of a lull yeah I think (laughs) I think I had to write a couple down because I'm like I don't know how weird people's sense of humor is Um, like I think that (laughs) I think everyone always has like a poo story like you know you you drop a poo here and there and hope Basil doesn't eat it like (laughs) because my mum told me that 
my um, when I grew up with dogs, um, a couple of the stuffies they ate my poo. So I'm always <laughs> on the lookout for my dog not eating Frankish. <laughs> so um, but yeah, look, I, look, I don't know if I find myself very funny. Like Nick's kind of the funny one, but um, I think it was probably more the songs I gravitated towards <laughs> when I would change Franco's nappy because I don't really have, a, I didn't have a good grasp on any nursery songs. So mm. like I just find myself singing like Barbie Girl or like, <laughs> and then I said that she starts singing the songs like I'm a Barbie Girl. You know, I'm like far out. This is so inappropriate. Yeah, but, why like, am I like, singing this? You know, like there's no there's no real nice kind of take home message in this. Or <laughs> uh, was I singing um, Sexy Baby? Yeah, Sexy Entry. Baby. <laughs> Drive me crazy. And they're like no. pumping his legs. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if anyone ever kind of came in, they're like, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> but, um, oh, and actually, sorry, one other thing was, and look, this is probably more of a labour story, but we were so underprepared for labour that poor Nick was, and we did no courses. We saw a midwife once. Um, yeah, like thinking back when I was thinking back before that um, poor Nick had to Google like ideas on how to support me in labor. So he's there Googling next to me in bed. I'm like, I didn't realize he's doing it because I was so out of it, but I was just like, wow, okay, that's semi-funny, but more like, funny. oh my God, that's so tragic. He's very funny. Oh, the poor guy. Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, how to labor with your partner. Thank God. <laughs> he said history would have been so good. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Nick. Oh, oh so amazing. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm already lulling way too much. So <laughs> we do understand that Franco had a unique and challenging start to life, birth mm. aside, but can you share your experience of the fourth trimester? Yeah. Um, the, my experience of the fourth trimester, not this, this jump past birth. Actually, look, give us a little, <laughs> give us a little, little taste of the birth. Give us some I context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give us some context and then we'll jump into that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I look, I was actually thinking about this because the fourth trimester could have started in that depends on, on where, you know, you technically say it starts, but, um, right. yeah, no. So for Franco, like I had a really normal birth COVID aside, um, or, or normal pregnancy, um, no risk factors, no gestational diabetes, no high blood pressure, you know, really healthy otherwise, didn't have any, well, I had one check face-to-face um, with a midwife and that was probably the, I guess, the shittiest part of my pregnancy experience. Um, but I also was kind of in the bucket of um, the type of person that thought, you know, birth just happens or pregnancy just happens. Like mm-hmm. you just, I didn't do a, a significant amount of research. I had, um I think I gave you the book, Hayley, Dummies. Um, yes. What is it? Pregnancy for Dummies. Pregnancy or- for Dummies. It's so yeah, good. yeah. And like, I'm oh. like, yeah, I'm like, I'll just skip past the premature section. Oh, yeah, like I'm really healthy. Yeah, why Why would I Why would I ever experience something like that? But, um, yeah, so where I found myself was about 29, 30 weeks. Um, my waters broke. I thought I was walking around with lack of bladder control. It's another funny story. I thought I was pissing myself for two days. So I, mm. I, I even managed to get a paddle board in um, probably oh my to my gosh. own detriment. Um, so yeah, we found ourselves, uh, at, we were actually down the South coast, my waters broke. So we had to drive three hours, um, uh, back up to Sydney, which is a bit traumatic that the whole way we're like, please don't go into spontaneous labor. Um, 
Yeah, so I was admitted uh, to Randwick, uh, spent about seven nights there just under observation, um, and randomly I didn't know that your waters can break and you can go almost to full term, which is 37 weeks um, they consider. Uh, but um, I only made it to around about two weeks and then Franco was born at 31 weeks uh, gestation. So that in itself was pretty traumatic. Um, He spent eight weeks in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, And, yeah, look, I wouldn't say that that was the commencement of our fourth trimester because even the nurses don't actually um consider a baby to wake up they refer to it your baby wakes up like um and and even in a normal um I guess birth experience that after that kind of 38 week period they start to kind of change I think as a developmental thing so mm-hmm. yeah that was I guess the really the cliff notes very express version of of my uh, start to to, I guess, pregnancy, birth, yeah, and then wow. Franco's entrance to the world. Yeah. I did not know that about, I thought when your waters break, it's kind of like a family give you 24 hours or 48 hours. That's what I thought it was. And then you have to go to hospital and have the baby. Yeah. Yeah, so 80% of women will go into spontaneous labour within 48 hours of their waters breaking, but um, there's a whole, and it's it's obviously embryonic fluid. And I actually didn't know my waters had broke even when we were going to Sydney. I still hadn't, it hadn't really struck me because, yeah, yeah, because the... um, one of the doctors down the South Coast, Micah, and I actually really appreciate her wording, just referred to it as your embryonic fluids leaking. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Right, okay. Like leaking, I'm like, that could be okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I knew something was wrong when they said, oh, look, you can either drive or we can offer you an ambulance to Sydney. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, but there's there's a whole process that people can go through. Like I actually had to change my pad every three hours, monitor for infection. You can go up to, right. yeah, you can go for, for weeks, but mm. apparently the water just fills back up and then is comes out the leaking area. Um, and obviously there's implications for the baby because there's a purpose behind embryonic fluid, but mm. it's actually just the baby's waste. Um, so right. for it to, to leak and fill back up is okay. They're okay with that. Right. Um, they, okay. Just they just wouldn't let you go past 37 weeks. Right. Mm. Learn something every day. I did not know yeah. that. How interesting. Yeah. I didn't even know that it like came, that filled back up again. Wow. I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing you, Jesse, when your when that had happened and you'd left the hospital and Karen and I had come to visit and I remember how tight your little belly was and mm. it was, I think it was Nick's birthday and we were like, it oh, was. We'll, we'll hang around for pizza. And I could just see the look on your face and you were like, oh, I was so anxious. You need, you need, yeah. you need to go. You need, and uh, Karen and I were like, all right, let's get out of here. And then that next day you'd gone into labor. Wow. Mm, yeah. And, and look, it was signs of infection. They induced me. Um, so I went through like all, you know, the, the series of, of, of different things, you know, I had panning fort, morphine, and I ended mm. up with an epidural because, mm. <laughs> again, maybe another funny story. I was there at the point. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hallucinating. <laughs> Sorry, Hazel. So. Oh, my no, God. Go, go, go. I know this. I was going to just, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, I, was, I was seeing like blue, I think I was seeing bluebirds, but then it got to the point, um, <laughs> I, I look, I think I was in so much pain oh look you just don't know really like at that point but um yeah I I I opted for an epidural and 
And then, but you have to wait for the anaesthetist to come. Yeah. And yeah. the anaesthetist's name was Shane. So they're like, Shane's coming soon. And every time my contractor would come on, I'd be there going, Help. <laughs> and I'm going, Shane, <laughs> Shane. And like Nick's going, Nick's got like a little cloth, like actually with the cloth on the head really. Well, helps. he saw that on Google. <laughs> yeah. That on was Google. all these like wetting, like the cloth, and then like, Shane. <laughs> And like then Shane comes along. And then I actually, I, I don't know, the epidural relaxed me. They actually never checked if I was dilated. It was a really weird experience. I got mm-hmm. really limited checks um, on that front. But, yeah, about half an hour later he was born. So wow. the epidural either speeded things up or he yeah. was just going to come. And did they have yeah. to take him away pretty quickly or how did that all, what happened when he came out after Yeah. That? Yeah, so I've actually got a photo of him on my chest and they they put them in a plastic bag. This is really weird. I thought it was weird. It's for heat um, and preservation because they're obviously a low fat. So he was born at 1.5 kilos. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, but I actually was surprised when he came on my chest. I'm like, oh, he's bigger than I thought. So I I was like, oh, I was really happy. And, uh, again, we had a tour of the NICU. We had some consultations before because we knew it was likely I'd go preterm. So the the um, head of the NICU said that 30, 30 plus weeks is really manageable, very positive. So um, I, I was going in, I guess, really optimistic. Um, yeah. yeah. So they put breathing, a breathing advi- device on him. Um, and then Nick basically left and they went to the NICU and they have to, um, you know, they stick so many um, different yeah, what are the? Is it catheter? Not catheter. That's through your um, like like breathing tubes and things. Like oh that. no, like lots of needles. Like so, he he had um, antibiotics either side, and so mm. he was he was jabbed left, right, and center. That was mm. the main, I guess, the one of the hardest things. But mm. Nick Nick went with him, and I was kind of left by myself after um, uh. giving birth. So yeah, it was it was very very strange, and yeah. but you're high, you're running on a high as well. Yeah. And then when he was, so when, so how many weeks did you say he was in Niku for again? He was in there for eight, ba- eight and weeks. basically the longest. Um, uh, the, uh, we, um, we met the the head paediatrician. So there's there's a lot of um, paediatricians that support um, Redrick Royal uh, Hospital in the Niku, and and he he kind of given us, uh, uh, I guess. A, I don't think prognosis is not the right word, but a predicted time frame of a minimum of until he was considered um, full term, so thirty eight weeks, and um, it ended up being eight weeks in the end, which was yeah, yeah a really. And look, I, I just tried to keep a really positive mindset. It was there's so many stories that are attached to that. Um, you know, poor, poor woman in there was was in there for from for three months, and she Whoa. was like, you know, hundred days. I'm up to my hundred days, and I'm oh she was really intense as well. So, and that's <laughs> the thing about being in the NICU, you actually don't get your own private space. So you right. you are, despite the monitors and the beeping and depending on what level you're in. Um, Even the last level is meant to be quite a nice, you know, very pro, let's get you to breastfeed, you know, 48 hours of breastfeeding and then you're discharged. Um, And that was always the goal. Um, but you're in each other's space. It's, mm. it's really intense. So intense. With all, and then like the lights run all the time. It's just not a, yeah, it's all just lights and sounds and pe- people everywhere. It would be really difficult. 
Yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah, and there was even people that were going through domestic violence issues mm-hmm. and, you know, there was someone that was in there was abusing their partner while I'm there. I'm trying in the corner trying to, like, breastfeed and hold my baby and, I, you know, it's it, it was a, a really... Yeah, it's, I guess it's a really sobering experience. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Very mm. much. What? So, how did you? How did you cope? Like, what, did you have any strategies in place, like, for your mental health at that time? That would have been hard. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, when you're a new mom and you're just like flooded with all these different hormones, and I know I spent the first like two weeks crying. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, but <laughs> um, yeah. How did you? What did you do? Where did you go mentally to kind of? Mm. They have yeah. yeah, look, I I'm probably look lucky and, and unlucky. I think you, you know, your strengths are sometimes your biggest weaknesses. Like mm. I am very like if I'm focused on a goal, like mm. I'll 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 get I'll, you know, I'll fixate on that and I'll execute it and whatever. And not that my baby's a goal, but you know, the, there was I I took a lot of their advice on board and essentially just put a plan in my in in place for me, like the the lactation specialist was like, you know, you have to pump seven times a day if you want to breastfeed um, when when Frank goes out. And, you know, minimum seven has to be between 12 and 3 a.m. as a must. You have to start today as in as soon as I um, had Franco. So that was like one of the things, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm focused on that. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and because of, you know, there is a little bit of a sense of progress with, um the way the babies move through the NICU. And so I just tried to focus on that. But yeah, look, I guess there was really, I never, I've never felt such an overwhelming sense of almost grief as, as well. Like, mm. um, I, you know, sitting on the couch at home without your baby mm-hmm. and for, and just, and you are going, and you, you have sweats in the middle of the night because you've got hormone flushes. Mm. Like, and just to be sitting up at 3am, you know, upright by yourself you know obviously Nick's there but yeah it was Pumping. yeah yeah like it, I have to say like I'm, I I don't think I've ever felt the way I felt then but mentally I'm quite focused so um yeah it wasn't until the end that I was about to lose my shit really because like mm. I you know there was little things where I'd walk in and and you know they'd, they'd say you to for Franco to reserve his strength we don't hold the baby quite a lot and then I work in walk in and one of the nurses are holding him and I'm like <laughs> And I remember yeah. in my head and saying to Nick going, I was about to say, don't touch my fucking baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. That's, that's the stuff. That's the stuff I was thinking about. And I'm like, yes. you know, I'm doing my plan. Like, yes. Yeah. Because that wasn't part of like, in your mind, you've gone, okay, this is what I need to do. So I understand like, yeah. I'm going to go home and this is part of every, mm. my every day now I'm pumping at this time. And this is all for that end goal of like being able to bring yeah. him home healthy and happy and, yeah. and to feed him. And then, yeah, that's not part of what you had seen. I would no. have been the same. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've never like right to the end as well. And he had so many interventions again. It's a, you could talk just on the amount of tests, like he had a blood transfusion, you know, like mm. there's a lot of stuff that went yeah. on. Um, but yeah, so I just, we had to progress. Breastfeeding was really hard though. Yeah. Well in that context. Do you want to tell us about your feet? Because I guess you've kind of already touched on some of the strategies that helped navigate. And mm. I know that it's a bit of a gray area with the, this idea of the fourth trimester. So mm. I guess um, if, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on in terms of before we dive into pumping, or do you want to talk about feeding journey? Because we know you've mentioned already that you had to pump seven times a day. So mm. you and Nick had this quite rigorous routine where because mm. of COVID you were going, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but you were on different shifts as well. So how was that with your feeding journey and having to Mm -hmm. navigate those different shifts of like, it was almost like different rosters that you had. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess, Oh, look, I think, I think parenting's a roller coaster oh, <laughs> and, like, yes. and I had to get used to that early on. I'm like, I'm like, what is going to surprise me? Like, especially in the NICU, like they, there's, there's always, you think you're getting further, you think you're progressing and then, and then you get a, you get a, a really big knockback. Um, mm. but, and that's similar. I think that's probably not to make breastfeeding sound a bit doom and gloom or, or, or feeding in general, it can be a lot like that as well. So probably broken feeding, I guess my breastfeeding journey down to a couple parts. So I early on NICU related that went into fourth tri- trimester, it was pretty much pressure was on. You had to express um, a minimum. And I had to keep up with his increases as well because he was through a feeding tube until he could start to get association with breastfeeding. And they don't get the um, suck, swallow, breathe until they're 34 weeks plus. So oh, I knew, yeah. yeah, I had to do that. He had complications. He had to have formed at some point because he had high calcium. But um, I was able to get to a point where he was exclusively breast milk. Obviously, eventually Nick could help with a bottle, but you don't introduce a bottle because of nipple confusion too early. So um, I had to... And, and, and I mentioned before, he had to get that 48 hours of, of breastfeeding um, in mm. order for them to get discharged. So I'm like, how am I going to be there for 48 hours straight? Um, but it was just making sure that they were off the feeding tube. So look, that aside, when we got home, uh, yeah, look, I... I was really, and I thought I'd be a bit weirded out by breastfeeding. I was always like, previously, <laughs> like having something on your nipple, it's a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know why. And it's like your, your maternal instincts kick in. But, mm. um, yeah, I I was lucky enough to to breastfeed. And because he had high calcium, high vitamin D, you know, normal formula was never really an option for us because um, it, it typically is quite high calcium because it's mm. not very common. I don't think for, for babies to be low calcium. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, we, we've had look a, a bit of a, you know, unique experience when it comes to breastfeeding after that eight weeks, I was able to stop pumping. Um, and mainly because I never really had an oversupply. So I just went to demand based feeding and let him kind of le- lead where we wanted to take it and um, as long as he was hitting his weight gains, mm. even though he was still smaller, um, it was fine. And, yeah, we've, we've had, I guess, you, you, you're in boob enlargement, you, your mastitis. I've, I've, had, I've had a bit of everything, I think, mm. as does everyone. Joy. Joy, joy. But you have had a, a successful breastfeeding journey. I mean, you're still feeding, feeding Franco now and he's he's just had his first birthday. So, I mean, that, that is, you know, you've overcome that. I'm so proud of you, Jess. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think I was really like, again, laser focused almost, you know, sometimes to your own detriment when you, you have your, you, you know, you've got this over enlarged boob, you're like far out. What am I doing with my schedule around, (laughs) you know, trying to breastfeed? Cause it's all about, you know, draining the boob and, um, you know, not actually doing this, you know, 15 minutes each side doesn't actually work for everyone unless you have a really, um, quick letdown and flow. And so it's, trying to get to understand your body and then make sure that they're getting enough, which is always mm-hmm. that tossle. Um, uh, I think it's like been really important for you then to kind of like block out the background noise and you kind mm. of figure it out yourself for you yeah. and your baby. Cause it is hard. I remember a similar thing, like you 
taking it. I had, I had a really fast letdown, but then it was Mm. trying to navigate that. But then one person would tell me to do X, Y, Z. And the next person would tell me to do this. And I'm like, just taking her on and off and putting her here. And then I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. I just kind of worked it out. Yeah. You got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Totally. It's very confusing. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it was even one time where I thought I had, um, I've had mastitis, which is actually, it feels a lot different to an engorged boob. Um, but there was one time where I thought I had a blocked milk duck and mm-hmm. I thought I had milk coming out my nipple and it was actually skin. But, but before <gasps> I realized it was skin, I pulled it out and I created my own cracked nipple <laughs> and, and, oh. I'm there, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I've got to bleed. I'm gone to the doctor. I'm like, oh, I've got an engorged boob and a bleeding nipple. And she's like, just keep feeding on it. I'm like, oh. like but it really, really hurts. <laughs> so there was like 48 hours I was feeding on it. I'm like got bleeding nipple and oh. yeah, but it does work. look at that. You know, yes, it's hard. Yes, I guess you have to be focused on, you know, pushing through, but um, feeding through a lot of stuff is just is the best advice um, yeah. and just trying to hand express. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I bring that full circle. I am I'm pretty stoked that we're able to, considering his start in life and, yeah, um, yeah the immunological benefits of breast milk and in a COVID context and him being early, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty happy that we've been able to continue um yeah, the way the way we have, which is yeah, yeah really cool. Well, all those nights up with um definitely for something then you can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. For sure. Mm. For sure. Well, so how old is Frank? Franco's just over 12 months, you said? Yeah, so well, this is in in I guess terms of birth date. So yeah. his birth date will always be the date he was actually born. Um yes. in corrected terms, they and because they actually use corrected dates, so when he was due yes. as a developmental milestone. So yeah. he's he wouldn't have been due until the 16th of December. So technically he's not yet there. Um and, and they use that because for the for the for the big things like um sitting, walking, yes. words. Yeah. yeah. So into that's a good um way for me to jump in with this question. So how are you finding that? Like so you're always thinking about like his corrected date is December. So what are you finding that he is doing like in this um period of time that's like new and mm. are, are you keeping track of that or are you kind of just like letting it just happen and not focusing too much on what he should be doing or shouldn't be doing at this point in time? Oh, I think if anyone says they don't fix that, I'm what they should, yeah. should be doing. <laughs> uh, maybe they've had a few kids, so <laughs> maybe they're up to their the, eights, like my, my mum yeah. was one of eight. Like, oh, my God. The other ones they're look like, after the rest. Yeah, <laughs> whatever happens, happens on this one. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, shit, one's injured. Oh, God. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah look, I, definitely mindful because we have some d- developmental checks with, and, again, COVID throws a spanner in the works, uh, mm-hmm. which is sometimes good and bad because I found COVID a little bit positive in the respect that it gives you a bit of time at home but you you miss some of those key appointments um Mm. sorry (coughs) got my um croaky voice I don't know why Uh, just partying last night (laughs) up all night all night Um, yeah, look, he's, it is amazing. You think that they'll do nothing for a little while. And I was even talking to Hayley about meeting Jude, um, her little bub and how they're, for lack of a better word, they're a bit spazzy when they're little, cause they're like, just flop around like this. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, are they going to progress? Are they going to normalize their movements? Like, or, you know, yeah. how does it all happen? Yeah. Cause it is so hard to imagine their little funny little jerks 
become turning into what we do exactly yeah yeah. Yeah. and you know they they perfect the squad and and all those things and and you've got to have that um almost create space for for risk and learning so Mm. that's definitely the area that we're in at the moment like how do we create that safe learning and and positive experience for him to to try new things without actually hurting himself yeah um and and yeah that's where he's at he's he's crawling he's, he's trying to stand he's um He's definitely got his words down pat, um, or, or at least you know trying to say things. Birds, yeah. birds are one of those those birds. top things. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, look, a wonder weeks up. Um, I definitely use that as a reference point, but it kind of starts to get a little bit generic in that you know they yes, they're going to be grumpy or they're going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then a new skill does pop up though. It's amazing. It's like, yes. you know, they nail the, they nail the, they'll nail the crawl and it's like, wow, where did that come from? And, yeah. um, you know, bouncing a ball or association with throwing something. Or, mm. Seems like it happens overnight. Mm. Just a little switch flicks and then yeah. doing it. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's good. So it's kind of like going with the flow, but also keeping track. I think that's just a good balance. Yeah. Not being too stressed about it. Yeah. yeah. And there's hard milestones, which I think is really a nice way for pediatricians to put um, certain things, because if you focus on nothing, but because, and people like threes. So that when the pediatrician said to me, so your hard milestones are sitting by six months um, or thereabouts, um, walking by 18, two words by two. So I'm mm. like, okay, I can, I can work with that. Like that's, mm. that gives me a bit more of a reassuring yeah. um, mindset. Yeah. And it's just a whole spectrum. They might, I've talked to people who are like, oh yeah, my baby didn't crawl, walked first and then started yeah. crawling after. You're like, okay. But so. it's not a hard milestone. Crawling is not a hard milestone. So right. like, that's something that you can give yourself a bit of, you know, slack on when mm. people are like, are they crawling? Are they rolling? It's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> are yeah. they meant to be? Or yeah. the question? I know it's a loaded question, isn't it? It's those questions and then the, are they sleeping through the night? Oh, <laughs> and, the, oh, and, the com- and the silent comparisons, <laughs> like let's just every time, yeah, there's so many comparisons. Don't even yeah. get me started. Yeah. I don't think anyone should compare their baby to anyone else. So no. it's just every baby is unique. So for sure. Um, I agree. I agree. We're taking a quick break to shout out to our sponsors, Night and Day Comfort, the leakage experts. Leak proof period and postpartum undies to bedwetting and toilet training solutions and everything else. They're 100% Aussie made. They're family owned, proud supporters of the Pumped Podcast. So if you use the code PUMPED10 at the checkout, you will get 10% off your order. Now back to today's episode. So in terms of, um, Jess, you've just kind of dove, dove, you've, you've, you've dived, dive, Mm. you're really back in the thick of work now Mm. at at SAP, S-A-P, SAP, SAP, S-A-P, 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 I'm like, it's like, it's like a tree (laughs) mucus. Well, it works with your (laughs) Um, job. (laughs) But have you adjusted going back to work and what are you doing with childcare options as well? What's yeah. The situation there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the adjustment back to work actually probably went back earlier than what I would have liked um, and mainly because just refinancing the home, we started a new business. So when you start a new business, you don't have a um, historical record, so you need to obviously have that wage. So, And, look, I get, I get paid really well, so that's um, 
also a motivator for, for returning and the company was supportive of me working from home because, as as you mentioned before, I've, I've, I've relocated to the south coast, previously based in Randwick. So, um, and again, with this whole transition to hybrid, hybrid work mode, uh, and being part of a HR tech company, we've actually been really supportive of, of the transition or, or are being open to those options. So mm-hmm. um, I'm probably in the best um, position I would be in terms of options to return to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I've returned back three days working from home. My boss is actually based in Melbourne. So, um, and she's awesome. She had twins who also spent some time in intensive care way back when. So she, mm-hmm. she really gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went back in August, so that would have been um, in roundabout corrected terms. He would have been about eight months, yeah, mm-hmm. thereabouts. Um, when I went back, uh, it was uh, I guess we had hoped that Nick and because Nick, you know, Nick was always really excited. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'll be a stay-at-home dad." And <laughs> um, but then you realise that how much you know, babies need their mums and there's Mm. a real biological connection and not Mm. to mention the fact that it's part of the female, I think, I don't know, anatomy or lack of a better word, that you are instinct, very instinctive with your ways Mm. of caring. And Mm. and I I actually just don't think that certain, maybe it's certain guys, but um, no matter how much Nick said he would love to be a stay-at-home dad, I actually don't think during the period of when they're a baby they actually can cope. You can mm. see that there's a real kind of anxiety shift mm. when when they get stressed. Mm. Um, so we tried a bit of care with Nick, but ultimately where we've landed is my mum takes care of Franco um, essentially for three days. We, we kind of have to look at options on a half day on a Tuesday. Um, and we, pro- we won't put Franco in care um, due to him being early um, mm, until yeah. he's two. Um, but interesting fact, the paediatrician, again, because not everyone has options, the paediatrician said, look, I would give the same recommendation for any baby if they could be at home with, you know, family, extended family as mm. care um, before they're two is is always always the best option, but people don't have the luxury of yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's kind of a bit of a... A summary of where we're at at the moment. Mm. Good, cool. Seems so, so it's all working. It is hard when you oh. <laughs> depends what your definition of work. I'm working. If you're working and it's it's he's still yeah. alive, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Still yeah, being fed, is so it's all good. Yeah, I know. Well, you, you, your threshold and your bar for success um, definitely has to lower a little bit. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, well. I want to know when you, because I don't know how it is when you are um, with Franco and you're feeding him, but I Mm. find, because you're still breastfeeding, so I find that, like, my daughter Zali knows that if she doesn't want to eat the solids that I'm giving her, that she's got the backup of the boob. But does he, in terms of eating solids, when he's, like, with your mum or whatever, is Mm. he a good eater or is he a great eater all the time with you? Does he love his solids? Is he Mm. fussy? What's the go? Yeah, look, Nick and I are really good eaters, so it probably helps that he he is not, I don't think I've found a food that he's refused. Um, Amazing. So yeah, good. but it could be it could be an age thing, and I'm also very much experienced a little bit, not really free spirit, but um, you know, experience the food. Like yeah. you know, 
next minute he's painting with the pumpkin and yeah. it's all over the face and I'm yeah. like, I just experience it, see, see what it feels like. That yeah. might help with him actually eating. Um, so I'm not too strict, not too, you know, anal about things having to be really clean. Um, yeah. You just said the I, word anal, sorry. <laughs> 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 Well, that has no, don't worry, no, no connection to me at all. But um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, there are two, there are two definitions of anal. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm not too pedantic. Let's, let's use another sentence. Um, Be safe around <laughs> Hayley, you can't use that. About that stuff and, you know, probably to my own detriment sometimes, but we've got Basil the vacuum cleaner, so he, he can, he can come through and, and just lick things up, but yeah, look, it's about distraction. I found so mm. you know I am look we're we're mindful to make sure Franco has enough nourishment because of his circumstances. Yeah. But look, whether it's because he's preemie or because you know even genetic, genetically, my dad's really lean. Like he, he couldn't put mm-hmm. on weight for the life of him. Franco is quite long and lean. Um, and, and look, he seems to go through a lot of food. Like he'll go through two bananas a day. Like he'll eat a full. They all love bananas, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, it's really, it's a sweet swing. Yeah. Sweet yeah. and soft. Yeah. Sweet yeah, and, and mushy. it's easy, easy. To, and I love that it's easy to carry around. Like, and we yes. haven't, you know, I've used the milk to meals or boob to food book, which I found yes. is really helpful just to kind of break down allergens. Yeah. And, that's a great book. Yeah, and yeah. and just to give me one because there's so many different references, and if mm. you and if you have you know something you want to validate, you just Google it. So can I give them this? And then you find mm. a little article and you're like, yes, it says it's okay. Yes, um, but I would I'll rather use yeah, I would rather use one reference. So that's been helpful as well on what to give and what not to give. Like yes. don't yeah. give honey until they're after twelve months. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, look, we we try and give a lot of fresh fruit and veggies, and yeah. and he seems to receive it really well. Um, That's great. Hmm, which is how good. good. Yeah, for now. Yeah, I'm look, jealous. I'm not going to jinx. I'm not going to jinx anything. You know, <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. Can like, happen. It's not a dream run by any means. Like, I think it's just you. You just got to kind of work through the different stages mm. that they go through. They start yeah. to. Have you given him from that book? Did you have you ever given him bone marrow? Yes, bone marrow. I've yep. never done it. Oh, I've cooked my own bone marrow. I give him, I've got this turmeric and, and black pepper one. I do a little bit of that in some veggies. I um, need to do that. My my mm. beautiful friend got me got me some and I had it in my freezer and then I never did it. Why, did, it. why does it freak you out? I don't know why. <laughs> one of his first foods I gave him, or like I probably gave him too much. I was like, I, went, I, I don't know, I'm a bit heavy-handed. I think I'm a bit forceful. My maternal instinct is like feed. <laughs> like, and and um, I gave him liver. So I'm oh, giving yeah. liver, yeah, and it actually smells like, like dog food. Oh, uh, it's yeah, very high in iron, isn't it? Iron, 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 iron yeah, iron, yeah. <laughs> I'm Irish now. I'm Irish. <laughs> well, I've got a list today, so you know we can. And we he's can... like, I am an actor too. If anyone's listening, I'll seed it in. <laughs> um, anyway, how's how? I know that. I know that, I, I don't know, it's the, the first or second thing that you get in a mother's group, how's your baby sleeping? And I hate the question, but mm. in, I actually am more interested in your sleep um, and how you cope uh, because obviously you've got, uh, from our previous discussion, a co-sleeping arrangement. Mm. Do you want Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, 
and this is funny, like, you know, we talk about fourth trimester and, and, you know, the digestion of information, new baby, really high sense of, um, you know, I'm going to keep my baby safe, mm. or, you know, almost overwhelming. I found that as mm. one of the, the things that was quite interesting, this um, sense of, oh, shit, you know, mm. I, I've got I've got a new human to look after. And, mm. and you know, you look, you look at red nose standards around mm. co-sleeping or mm-hmm. safe sleeping methods and basically anyone you talk to that's had a baby before has been, I guess, putting their baby in what would be deemed unsafe sleeping standards. And I just found that to be, um, you know, almost not nurturing and unhelpful for new mums because Mm -hmm. it was completely impractical. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I remember, I don't know if it was from the NICU or, again, because you get get, um, CPR courses and and different Mm -hmm. things and you you get so many different nurses you speak to, they all have like this different kind of thinking and and you gain a lot of of knowledge, which was actually one of the the bonuses of being in a hospital setting. You get to talk to so many different people about Mm -hmm. experiences Mm -hmm. and in particular sleep. And basically it was jail bed, like, you know, Mm -hmm. your baby sleeps on a flat mattress, Mm -hmm. bars, that's, that's, that's the recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but for us, I guess it got to about four months and Franco went through a bit of, uh, a change in, I guess, the way in which he was, he was waking more, the breastfeeding wasn't happening as regular or in the mm-hmm. same kind of way throughout the night. And, um, I remember going to the early childcare nurse and, um, you know, they're saying at about three and a half months, you know, he's, he's, um, corrected three and a half months. Mm. Um, so it was probably about that four month stage that I tried the, um, eat, sleep, um, sorry, eat, play, sleep. Mm. And I remember the lady saying to me, oh, you should be trying to get into a routine of eat, play, sleep. And I'm like, okay, let's try the eat, play, sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, coupled with the fact that I had to make sure he was gaining enough weight. So at the same time I'd been to a developmental um, no, physio and the pediatrician in Randwick to say, look, he's probably not putting on enough weight or he's kind of plateaued now. Mm. He hit the four and a half months stage. It's kind of all coupled together. Mm. Um, so I'm trying this eat, play, sleep. And then also in the back of my head, oh, am I feeding my baby enough? Right. And it just ended up not working. And right. I went back to feeding him when he cried or when I felt like he needed it. And yeah. that's kind of when we fell into as well, a bit of a him sleeping in the bed because yeah. I couldn't sit, I couldn't actually physically sit up anymore throughout the night because I was yeah. getting really bad neck issues. Right. And then from four months, four and a half months onwards, and to this date, Franco slept in our bed and it's actually been really positive. I think, look, I like it, um, but I also feel like it is incredibly normal and natural and mm. he seems to thrive in the environment of having us both there. And yeah. I don't know, he just... He just wakes up happy, doesn't yep. cry throughout the night. Sometimes he's yeah. and look, he, he look, honestly, I feed him to sleep. So he's probably building bad habits, but yeah, he seems to be a really happy and, and yeah. loving baby. So Look, if it works for you, it works. I mean, Dallas yeah. always ends up in my bed too. And a pediatrician mm. that I just found that I really love, mm. um, who I felt was not judgmental at all. Cause I was waiting for the, like, you have to get her out of your bed. Cause mm. she's so booby obsessed. Um, mm. He was like, it works until it doesn't work for you. Exactly. So he was like, you just do whatever you need to do. And I was like, I really thought you were going to lecture me about like her having to be 
you know, because her cot's still next to my bed, <laughs> but oh, I haven't even moved her into I should send room. a photo. Fine. <laughs> We've never used the cot. Most expensive. Oh, that's the other thing. Like, I'm, you know, I just feel like, you know, talking about educating new mums, I think we should spend less time on all the things they need at their baby shower because majority yeah. of it's marketing and, yes. and fear-based and yeah. actually, you know, exchange stories or, um, you know, Agreed. food packages or, yeah. you know, can I give yeah. you a cleaning voucher? So Nourishing, that you need yes, <laughs> food and yes. cleaning vouchers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. They're, they're like the, I reckon that the two things that stress you out the most because you feel yeah. like they're the things that pull you away from mm-hmm. being a mum that you feel like you should be doing. Um, but yeah, I have a friend who's like, throw the cot out every time I talk about yeah. sleep and yeah. um, lack of sleep. She's like, just throw it out. She's got three kids. She's like, you're never going to use it. Oh, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> wait, there's a lot the of bed. waste. We're yeah. in the market for a cot because... Uh, so I'll take one. Well, I won't throw it out. <laughs> well, I've got a brand I'll new, pass it on. beautiful, beautiful... Well, it's not brand new. I bought, I bought it as... Because um, I was trying to be mindful of not buying whole heap of stuff because I think mm. that babies can be incredibly wasteful as mm. you know um as we are as humans so mm. I did try and get I got the seconds the um model on on the floor but yeah look which is perfectly fine used. yeah yeah, still, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually sitting in Franco's room at the moment which is my office so he's never had his own room <laughs> Yeah, well, Sally has her own room. It's just a playroom. <laughs> so, Jesse, on to kind of we get this, we're just talking um, about this significant, well, we've talked about it in the past, the significant change that you get as a mother, these hormones, these new feelings about mm. you, you want to protect your little one, mm. <laughs> overwhelm. But there's this shift as well that sometimes happens where you you want to change the world for the better or you have a career change or there's this whole identity shift. Mm. Have you felt that? And do you want to speak about if you've had any of those shifts? Mm. Yeah. Look, I think I think I know a lot of mums who have um, shifted to a more creative space probably due to the flexibility and and the way in which, you, you know, you now need to work. Um, mm. And I could go into a whole whole different conversation, um, which we have a lot in a work context around women at work and, and diversity and, and part-time work. But I think for me personally, I'm definitely more receptive of not working full-time as a one. As one. Um, and I think that it's important not to put unrealistic expectations on yourself either. I could, mm. I could definitely say, oh, yeah, I can give more to work, but do I want to? What's the, what's the detriment to Franco as, as, a, as a new little human um, who, needs, who needs his parents? So, um, and I read once, you know, the best thing you can give a child is time. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely trying to keep that f- front and centre, so time being that. Um, it, what else has shifted for me? Uh, look, I've, I think slowly, but probably it's it's both an internal motivator and, and an external motivator based on where we're at um, right now from more an environmental mm. and sustainable perspective, but I've definitely... Mommy. Um, oh, hey. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, a little tornado. Hello. Can you take it for a second? Come here on camera. This is my, this is my wife here. She's, yeah, um, yeah. Oh. She's just. Oh, hello. From the oh, I opened the door as well. <laughs> and I had shut the door. Um, that's all right. Hi, that's how I'll they figured out handles. I'm so sorry. No, 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 not at all. No, God, no. Um, um, yeah, look, I think a lot of mums go through this. And I think it's actually because there it is more a lot of chat like if we think 
globally and again probably not necessarily built on research but um, anecdotally a lot of change and community initiatives actually come from women because mm-hmm. they have foresight or that connection to look their 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 baby or their their little person they brought into the world that they want to make a better world for them so yes um yeah I've recently joined a committee uh called Treading Lightly, which is a grassroots community and environmental-based organisation, um, which my my boss is actually really supportive of because SAP um, have a direct alignment to, because they're a German-based company as well, um, sustainable futures and 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 how we can I guess be more progressive in that in that space so I was already kind of heading in that direction and I'd set myself some goals I put I put on the you know you know see them visualize it if you see them you can visualize them you can do them so I, I did that last year and it was moved down the coast to have a baby and and become um look after my health as well um mm-hmm. become more environmentally focused and mm-hmm. and just aware of what we can what I can do mm-hmm. which is really hard when you have a baby because as I mentioned before babies are really wasteful um so it's so hard to be sustainable yeah you know we do we do nappies you mm-hmm. know um in reusable where we can and and all of that but I I, I think I have this strong connection to um I need to find ways that I can make a difference because, you know, we look out at our front yard and even you can see it in, in Franco that, you know, nature and that connection to, you know, the elements and earth and, and is so much more nourishing and, and gives back so much more to them than, you know, any toy can. Yeah. Um, and if you think of the basis of what good good humans are built on, it is that sense of community connection and, you know, getting out. I think there's almost, I think there was a reference to getting out and screaming in the trees or the forest. Um, mm. Some people do it as therapy where they go mm. out and scream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's that, you know, connection to earth and, and connection to trees that, yeah. um, and we feel it, you, you know. I love going in the water, the salt water, for example. I just feel like mm. it's we have this term, even Haley and I have it like, do you feel better? <laughs> like, Kieran and Nick are like, Nick's like, I didn't feel worse. I didn't feel bad. So I'm like, but you feel better, don't you? <laughs> like, tell me you feel better. After being in the- oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, I feel so good. Now fuck off, Haley. He's like, I get in his face. I'm like, how do you feel? <laughs> cleanse? Yeah. Do you feel cleansed? <laughs> but yeah, weird. like, so all of that's just amplified for me and mm. just having a little person you want to give them the best start at life in so many in so many respects Mm. and and that has has to come down to if you want to if you if you appreciate something and it's at risk or or you want you want your person to be able to experience it then Mm. do something about it yeah that's great way of thinking love that response oh my Mm. gosh and is that on that is that what you do for you something that we ask our mums that too like what do you do Mm. for yourself is it the swim in the ocean uh, I think it comes down to move, like just move, um, yeah. exercise, but it yeah. has to be, I try and find times where I don't have, like, I, I you know, I might go over to mum and dad's, I'm trying to get on the bike. And if I have to, you know, mind Franco, then he wakes up. Like it's, it's, that's actually not, um, it doesn't, that doesn't fill my cup in that regard. Mm. Um, it's definitely, you know, I'll go run the stairs or I'll get on the bike by myself. Yes. <laughs> preferably. Yeah. Um, yeah. because it's actually I've, I've always found, cause I think that people do mindfulness in different ways. And I think it, being present and not thinking about other things is so important. Mm. Um, and my mindfulness is definitely 
moving but not thinking about anything but moving um, yes. so what I'm doing and you know so that that's definitely essential for me if and mm. if I I get to a point where like Nick has, actually has the realization is he's like you need to exercise I'm actually um and I'm sure everyone realizes this when you're cranky or you're at your worst you mm. kind of lash out at others or mm. you know you take that you you make negative assumptions about those around you so yes I think mental health 101 if you're at your best then you often assume the best from an intention from others so yeah I try and make sure that I keep myself accountable of okay yeah. if I exercise I'm in a good headspace I'm likely yeah. to give my best to others as well yeah oh, hard relate hard relate yes yeah. <laughs> oh my god like yesterday my day yeah. yesterday yeah yeah and you know beach until I exercise and then mm, Zach was like, like you go through many moods in a day and I was like mm. <laughs> yeah I mm. get it yeah. <laughs> um go if, haste. if you had one piece of advice to Jess as a mum <sighs> and or go, go or if you could speak say there's another mum that's listening that's going that's mm. sitting here at the hospital mm. going through what you went through what would you mm. say to that mum Oh, what would you yeah. tell her? Um, uh, I think come through the judgment quickly, like in the guilt, because I think if you can come through that quickly and just focus on, you know, giving your best to your baby mm-hmm. and being your best, um, I think that you'll, you'll get through it. You will. Um, and, and it's a really, it is a really, it's, there's no better way of putting it. It's a shit experience. Like you get a new baby and, and you don't get to spend every day with them. And, um, but yeah, guilt, I think that guilt and shame was something I felt really early on around not being able to, you know, give my baby the best start at life and, and, you know, take him full term. And I think that, you know, we need to go through those emotions to come through to the next, but I think it's trying to just recognize that, accept it and and then think about okay if I if I've done what I've done you know I've done what I've done I've I've accepted my my headspace in that in that regard and now I I need to look at you know that next kind of what emotion can I give to this today to give mm. him the best chance and or her or Mm. gender neutral baby whatever Mm. um sorry no we're not meant to label um Mm. which is actually really hard as a side note okay we always say baby boy and I'm like oh I wonder if we can be a bit more progressive and and less Mm. less male female or um labeled but look that's a whole nother topic um (laughs) but yeah the guilt and the shame I think that you know I I wouldn't I don't think you meet one mum that doesn't feel guilty about something and I just don't feel like it serves you well to, Mm. to stay in that headspace yeah. Excellent advice. Hmm. And three words that sum up motherhood for you. <laughs> um, I oh, fierce protection, or, or uh, almost that kind of instinctual. I don't. I know that's three. That's three words already. But I, I don't know <laughs> one word that would would sum up that that feeling. Like, and it's just such an. Uh, it almost kind of overcomes you it's definitely been a surprise yeah um yeah just love Mm -hmm. um but with the over asterisks of overwhelming um Mm -hmm. you know you just look at your baby you're like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) I'm like you know I get why people say my heart is out of my body or Mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of really you know intense emotions often but um yeah it's it's insane Mm -hmm. um and and presence 
like having presence, I think it's, I know that's not necessarily a word to sum it up, but it's a word that I constantly remind myself, be present mm. um, because you just see the the connection that you get and how they react. And so being present is, is yeah. so, is so important. It's something yeah. that I'm trying to constantly be. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And you sound like you got it together. Oh, I know. You do. You got to have the constant, this is the constant talk track. <laughs> yeah. Conversation with yourself. Yeah. 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 Talk yeah. to yourself that you would like uh, in ways you want to talk to, you know, yeah. you'd expect to talk to others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've well, this. Yeah. What? What did you? I said, I've loved this. This has been great. <laughs> oh, I thought you said I. <laughs> I pumped this. I thought you said I pumped this. I, like, because of the time, I thought you said I effed this up. And I was like, what did you, what, what, what do you mean? No, I said I loved this. It's very interesting. Yeah. And I, I admire um, how strong you are. Yeah. Mm. She's, yes. Yeah. You're going to have Take a, a leaf of... out of your book. Yeah. Out of your, yeah. <laughs> That's the saying, isn't it? Far yeah. out. I, Wait, I always, <laughs> I always have a good chat with Jess when, uh, when things aren't good and she always offers a really good perspective because let's face it. Yeah. I get really overcome by emotions as a lot of mm. moms do. And speaking mm-hmm. to Jess really is a sobering rea- reality, reality check. So mm. I, hope that, I hope that other mums have, have, have experienced that just by listening today as well. Yeah, me too. Mm. Thanks so much, Jess. No problems. It was lovely to chat. A little bit cathartic. I'd already yeah. been through. I've been. I've, I'd kind of digested my my story a couple of times because sometimes you know you have to go through that to mm-hmm. be able to articulate it in ways in which people can understand. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's always. I think that is one of the pieces of advice you give if you can share your story and talk to others. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Quite healing. Hmm. Big oh, time. So nice to hear that. Hmm. Well, thank you for listening, my dears and my gentlemen. I know that there are some dads listening. I've, I've been told. So hello and thank you and share the daddy love. Big daddies. We yeah. love the dads. We love Big the daddies. Dads, mums, everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Um, so give us a like, give us a follow, get onto Apple Podcasts and give us a, a rating and a review. We would love that. And we will be back to you very soon. And we all say together, don't we? Yeah, we do. We say bye. Ready? And And bye. bye. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. That's all for this week. We really hope that you enjoyed and gained something from this episode. If you're feeling pumped, be sure to give us a like and a follow on at Pumped Potty on Instagram and the Pumped Podcast on Facebook. We hope that you have us in your earbuds again soon. Bye.